0: Welcome to the Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary.
1: Welcome to the Table, where we discuss issues of God and culture. And today, our topic is Christians on College Campuses, and our focus is going to be on three campuses in California. UCLA, the most famous of the three that I'm going to mention, UC Irvine, and UC San Diego. And one thing we know for sure, neither none of those campuses struggle for the environment of the weather. Uh, they're all uh, uh, located in beautiful parts of the country where the weather is pretty consistent all year round. My guest is Ben Shin. Ben uh, is uh, teaches at, at Talbot Seminary and has done so now for a while and has a leader of a Of a parachurch ministry, primarily to uh, Asian students on these campuses. Ben, welcome to the table.
2: Hello, Daryl. Nice to see you, brother.
1: Yeah. Now, we're going to uh, discuss a little bit first of the nature of your ministry and what it involves, and then we'll turn to uh, what the students who are on those campuses face. So, tell us a little bit about the ministry that you've been involved with and, and how long you've been involved with them.
2: I started first as a student in 1984 at the campus of UCLA. I'm a a graduate of UCLA, and we started this Bible study because we wanted to reach Korean Americans specifically who spoke English. At the time, they only had uh, Bible studies that spoke Korean language, so we started an English speaking one, and pretty soon that caught on and more people joined us, and uh, we then branched out to Irvine as well as San Diego. And so our ministry is called Crossroads Campus Ministries. Uh, It started out as a Korean Bible study first. It was called KACF, Korean American Christian Fellowship. But we didn't want the uh, ethnic marker to be a stumbling block to the gospel. As we were sharing with people on campus, they would ask us, do we have to be Korean to come to the Bible study? And we said, certainly not, because the gospel is for all people. So we decided to change the name to CCM, Crossroads Campus Ministries, in 1998, and now it has become more diversified, In it's a pan-Asian ministry. It is student-run, but we also have uh, staff who are seminarians, primarily from Talbot School of Theology, who work there to go preach and teach To uh, minister, counsel, and guide, and I have worked now currently as the director of this uh, ministry and have been doing so now for almost thirty years.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I was doing the math. I said that's almost thirty years on those campuses. So you've seen a lot uh, in terms of the campuses. Now, I take it that these are three very different campus environments. Would that be fair to say, or are they fairly similar? how would How would you describe their relationship to each other?
2: Yes. Well, they are similar, but it is pretty true that every campus has its own unique personality to it. So, for example, uh, San Diego, kind of the beach weather, the kind of you know hang loose type mentality, they like to have a lot of fun. They're kind of asian surfers if that makes sense oh wow that's a
1: category i've never put together (laughs) before thank you but
2: but ucla uh they're a little bit different uh they're big campus of course and uh, they they would be in high school the the more popular kids in that they run around with the jocks and the 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 as and so forth and uh there seems to be this strata within UC systems, whether it's spoken or not, but uh, the personality certainly shows itself as being quite different.
1: So how does Irvine fit in that mix?
2: They're studious and obedient.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, three very different uh, campus fields. How... how can you describe how you think those campuses have changed in the last 30 years, not necessarily in relationship to each other, but, but as individual campuses?
2: I think there has been some interesting movements at all the campuses. One is that the students themselves are very different now than, let's say, even 10 or 20 years ago. I think that students are actually more studious now than they were before. And I think this comes with some of it is the acceptance rate and the requirements of the universities being higher and more difficult to get into. So we have students that come in who have had very excellent high school careers and they score high on the SAT and and they have done lots of activities. So when they come into these campuses, they're not as, um, I don't know if the word is committed, they're not... Spending as much time with things related to their faith as they are in the library. And I guess at one level that's good. They have their priorities straight as students, but we don't see them being involved in as many things like small groups and evangelism as in previous years.
1: Interesting. Um, and And so what does the ministry itself actually involve for the students on these various campuses?
2: We focus primarily on two things. We have what's called a general meeting that meets on either a Wednesday or a Thursday night. That's a two-hour meeting. It resembles like a service. So we'll have worship and praise. We'll have a speaker, and we'll typically invite a speaker from a local church, a pastor to come in that's representative of some of the students from the ministry. And then after that, we'll have a time of prayer and discussion and then pretty much go out and have food and fellowship the second aspect is there are small groups so i would say that's the strength of ccm is the small groups for the last thirty years uh... they're very intense they're a high-level commitment we have set curriculum that we go through where we teach them bible doctrine spiritual disciplines hermeneutics all of those things and uh... they continue on to do this for many years and i often joke that we can almost have a genealogical tree like the Mormon Church, to trace back not salvation, but the small group connections for the last thirty years.
1: No, oh, that's amazing. So, so you've got small group support. You've got uh, you've got this meeting that happens every week. I guess most campus ministries have the big meeting meeting regularly, and 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 the small group structure that actually mirrors what we heard from Christian Union in Princeton, among other places. And so, that kind of personal support, I take it, is important for students coming into college. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, part of part of what we want to talk about is um, how churches prepare or don't prepare students for what they face in college, um, and and so. Uh, if you were to uh, give advice to youth leaders who are parts of churches around the country, um, what advice would you give them as they're thinking about sending their juniors and seniors in high school off to colleges like uh, UCLA, UC Irvine, and UC San Diego?
2: Yeah. Well, this is actually a very passionate point for me, Darrell. I have a criticism of youth groups today, especially in Southern California. I think the essence of these youth groups are pizza and guitars. And, you know, those are fun at the moment, but it certainly does not prepare you for the philosophies and ideologies and all the isms that one will face in the university. Go to a science class, you face evolution, you go to a philosophy class, you have atheism, you have professors who are antagonistic towards Christianity and the gospel, and these kids who are well-mannered and well-behaved, they buckle because they don't have a robust Christian worldview and they don't know how to respond because they don't even know what the questions are. Mm -hmm. So I think what we need to help youth pastors do is to find resources that will allow the students who are in high school to think carefully and clearly about their faith and anchor them in truths, whether it be uh, the validity of the Bible, which is always under attack, or the credibility of the resurrection, or uh, why Christianity versus other religions. I think we need to help them by giving them resources and teaching on this so that they don't get uh, just, you know, sideswiped or blindsided when they go to college. And this has been a huge problem that we've seen.
1: Now, uh, I, I'm assuming that you have some resources to recommend or that you think at least get the job started. Is that true you? Are there some resources you think are
2: helpful in this regard? We have a, a number of resources. Uh, one of them I would recommend is, I think it's called Thinking Christianly by Jonathan Morrow, who's one of our graduates here at Talbot. And he basically has a book where he has prepared people going into college, I think, to uh, know what they're up against. Uh, We also recommend Greg Kokel's standard reason. He has a lot of material that's very adaptable to youth, and he has a whole staff, uh, Brett Kuckel and Alan Shielman, who work with him, and they train students so that by the time we get them in college, we'll be able to at least know what direction to go with. But once they come to college, Daryl, then we also train them through some basics of the fundamentals of the faith, We give them uh, training in spiritual disciplines. We make sure they know the gospel and why Christianity is true. But let's be honest: some of these students they're farther along than others, and some of them are barely, barely understanding that they're even saved.
1: Wow. Well, um, you mentioned that Jonathan Martin was a Talbot student. We'll we'll claim him at Dallas too. I think he has switch hit in his career. So uh, yes, yes. (laughs) uh, But uh, anyway. so let's talk about let's talk about each one of these campuses kind of one at a time because I think that this will help us uh, some. Let's let's start with the less well known and work our way up to to UCLA. Um, and I'll guess I'll go from from south to north. Let's talk about UC San Diego. And the standard question that I like to ask people who've been involved in ministry for some time on these campuses is: Can you describe what you consider to be the major challenges, both social and intellectual, that a student meets when they hit? their particular campus. So we were, at, we're at UC San Diego and we're asking what are the particular challenges, social and intellectual, that students find that, that your staff has to deal with on a regular basis on those campuses?
2: Okay. Socially there's two things that are present. One is the distraction of the beauty of the beaches. Mm-hmm. My goodness you could go there and not study. (laughs) Uh And it would be, uh, you'd get a great tan, but you would fail your class. Uh You know, some of these students need a little bit more motivation uh, to show up to class and let alone to come to our our Bible studies in our faith. So I think that's one social thing. That's not a huge problem. I think we try to provide students with accountability so that they would be able to uh, uh, flourish as students as well as in their faith. I think on a spiritual level, for a long time, Daryl, there have not been a lot of churches that these students could go to. And so as a result, they were pretty dependent only on the Bible study. But our ministry really wants to get students to go into the local church because we think that's God's long-term plan. And so uh, only recently have there been churches that we can partner with that can get these UCSD students to uh, be a part of. But I think that that issue is improving. In terms of uh, academics, though, UCSD actually is one of the up and rising <coughs> UC schools in the system, and you have to study pretty hard. So I think students are getting more serious about their academics. But again, this is the the problem: time management. Then, how about their faith? How about you know their commitment to you know time with God and and coming out to these Bible studies? So. We have to try to communicate as a staff the whole concept of balance. What does balance look like? And, you know, with Asian students too, Daryl, there's another self-imposed pressure as well as parental pressure. You know, in in sociology, we're called the model minority, which means that we're well-behaved, that we follow uh, pretty obediently, and that we're supposed to be good in math and sciences.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, That's the stereotype, whether that's true or not. Uh, that was not true for me. I'm horrible at math and sciences. I'm, I was an English major in college, so I break that stereotype right off the bat. But uh, I, I think that those challenges <coughs> are, are things that we face as you know challenges. They're not struggles, but things that we have to pay attention to and work hard at, so that we develop holistic followers of Christ, not just you know theological eggheads or just academic you know, hermits or social butterflies. So we have to try and be mindful. How do we develop the person holistically?
0: This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast. I am its host, Amber Cullum. Each week, I sit down with a guest to discuss hard truths and the unwavering grace of God they've experienced while journeying in God's kingdom here on earth. You'll hear from guests like Jen Wilkin, Jamie Ivey, Andy Crouch, and Scott McKnight. Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com.
1: Now, uh, are there any particular intellectual challenges at UCSD in terms of uh, the way Christianity is handled on the campus in classes? Is there anything specific in that regard?
2: In the philosophy department and in their Western Civ classes, there have been strong opponents to Christianity.
1: And so, uh, so if someone hits the campus, I take it they take the Western Civ class pretty early on Yes, if they're in the humanities. It's uh, the way most campuses work. And uh, they might opt into philosophy or not. I don't know if they require a philosophy class. But um, anyway, so, so what does that look like when you say what, – what's the nature of the challenge? Do you know specifically the kinds of things that are being taught?
2: Yeah, I mean it's basically atheism. It's saying Christianity is not true. Uh, in the modern, in the in a Western Civ, they would like to pose other religions as more credible or came before Christianity. Uh, they would show the different references of the Genesis accounts and say that you know the Bible copied you know the other works that were predated and all this and. So when we come down, we have to do a lot of apologetics, and we have to uh, show them that there is good, rational material that responds to some of these uh, challenges that atheists and, and others would like to pose at us.
1: It's interesting because we've just done a, on our podcast uh, on the on the non-college side, uh, a full presentation of Genesis in the context of the ancient Near East, yes. which I know is a big discussion uh, generally in Old Testament studies. But to think right. about that uh, being a part of the college campuses is significant. And I'm actually aware of those issues being introduced in public schools as early as junior high. Yes. So um, so that's not an unusual kind of, of, of issue to face. Okay, well that's UCSD. Let's switch to UC Irvine. You say it has a slightly different flavor as a campus. Um, uh, Seems to be, uh, from what I could tell, uh, less laid back, more intense and a little more uh, serious kind of student. So again, the question is, what are the social challenges particular to that campus, and what are the intellectual challenges?
2: UC Irvine, when I first started working there in 1990, it seemed like a very clean and plastic environment. There wasn't much to do if you were a college student. And unlike most college towns, everything closed at 9 o'clock. There was only one Denny's that opened, and and it had terrible service, and no one wanted to go there, and that eventually closed down as well. That would
1: drive you to the beaches.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) And so... uh, that's why, unlike the other two campuses, UC Irvine students would typically graduate in four years mm-hmm. because they were studying all the time. I think people were pretty moderate and mild-keeled in personality there at UCI, but I know one of the challenges that they faced is they would have Bible as literature classes, and they would introduce things like JEDP theory, and they would say, well, they would come up to me and say, you know, Pastor, do you think Moses really wrote you know, some of these books of the Old Testament. And I would say, certainly, well, why Why do you think not? And they would come up with these things that they would learn in their classes. And so, um, you know, unlike San Diego, however, Irvine had a, a plethora of churches mm-hmm. where people could easily go to uh, on weekends and Friday nights, which was another gathering for the church groups. So there were a lot of pastors that they could ask and, and, and be able to uh, – find some responses to some of these other questions. So I don't think UC Irvine students struggle as much as San Diego students with some of their these issues,
1: and this was because of the church support that you're talking about. Absolutely, That's, yes. in, that's interesting. Now, you know, I'm debating whether to ask this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. And that is, you said, you know, students are hunting for churches at these two campuses. So, um, I will know a little bit about the Irvine area because uh, when I'm out there, sometimes I go to Mariners, which is certainly in the in the area. Um, can you name some of the churches that have helped you in, these mini- in the ministries, let's be campus specific. So um, UCSD first and then UC Irvine.
2: At UCSD, we have really depended on Emmanuel Faith Church, where old Doc Strauss used to be, and then uh, uh, that's been a real helpful church for us. The Lighthouse Bible Church down in San Diego has been huge for us. Uh, the church called uh, – now it's called Redeemer Church. It previously had a different name, I'm blanking on the name of it. But these are churches that we have worked with together. Uh, Students don't come home every weekend, so we say, just go to these churches, and that will be really helpful in the San Diego area. The Fields Church is another one in San Diego that's been really helpful for us. Um, We've sent people to The Rock. I think that's Miles McPherson. And so uh, all these have been really helpful churches in San Diego. Uh, In Irvine, we've partnered with a number of churches. Uh, Berean uh, Community Church is an excellent church that we've recommended. Uh, Cross Life Church is a wonderful church. Uh, Bethel Korean Church. Um, We've done Rock Harbor, of course. Um, All of these have been really helpful churches. And what we've done, Daryl, is we've had a lot of the pastors from these churches come to our Bible study and speak so when students see these pastors, they go, "Wow, I really like this teaching," and they're more apt to go there on Sundays.
1: And and the support that you're looking for, that you're hoping the churches would give, are uh, are obviously a, a place to worship on Sunday, but obviously a place that also has some element of healthy Christian social life. Would that be fair?
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. We, we understand our role as a parachurch too, Darrell. We understand that we are not a substitute to the local church because our tenure is only four or five years with these college students. So during the time that they are in our campus ministry, we'll really emphasize the local church. And so in our announcements, we say our ministry, CCM, is not a local church. And if you have uh, questions or would like to go to one, we have a list ready. In which we submit it to the students, and we recommend them to go to these churches because I think it was a, I was at Howard Hendricks that said uh, ministry of the churches from the womb to the tomb, and uh, we need to uh, honor that. That is God's chosen institution. We're just there as tutors to help uh, students along so that they would make the transition long term.
1: Now, some churches find it a little bit hard to uh, um, to engage in campus ministry and, and I think to some degree some of them have said well there are these parachurch organizations that are there working with the students and they're able to give more time and energy to it so what what advice would you give to churches that say you know we really shouldn't neglect uh, the campus that's down the road from us or the junior college that's down the road from us um, do you have any advice for how they can, can be effective in, in engaging on their campus?
2: Yes. I think the key word is partnership. There are a lot of things that both the parachurch and the local church can offer that are different from one another. For example, the parachurch, we can have staff there that churches cannot necessarily spare to be on the campuses all the time, Mm -hmm. whereas the local church have facilities that we can't necessarily get a a room on campus at times and that's becoming increasingly difficult because of different even religious challenges uh... where administrations are not recognizing some some groups so i think partnership is key but we have to get over a sense of territorialism Hmm. which i think is a huge stumbling block we have to realize we're on the same side we have to realize we need solidarity we're working towards the same goals and in many cases, they are with the same students, and so we say, okay, we take care of them, you know, Monday through Thursday. You take care of them Friday to Sunday, and if we can strike up a good, you know, partnership, it, it works extremely well, and both benefit as a result.
1: No, oh, that's a that is a terrific suggestion. Um, Okay, let's shift gears now. We'll probably spend a little more time uh, with this campus. It's it's a little more well known, has a little more of a national uh, reputation. UCLA. I mean, you can't say UCLA without thinking basketball and 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 sports and uh, you know Westwood and Wooden and yeah, you're often running (laughs) in football this year and you know USC's got their problems. So uh, um, anyway. so let's talk about UCLA. Uh, first, the, the climate on campus. Um, what's, what's the climate on the campus there? And then we'll come to the specific issues.
2: Well, I'm going to be biased because I'm a UCLA grad myself. But in all honesty, I will say that there are probably the most distractions at UCLA because there are so many things that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a huge social scene there's a large fraternity and sorority system Um, of course sports is huge with all the different activities and uh, within striking radius there are a lot of uh, negative distractions of clubs and uh, places that they could go to and do inappropriate things that would be not consistent with their christian testimony so these are real struggles that the students have and when they're young and out of the uh, guidance and tutelage of mom and dad, they feel free to, to do whatever they want, and,
1: and they're encouraged to do that in many ways.
2: Correct, and uh, and they do. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we find ourselves often taking the life saving uh, posture where we throw out the lifesaver and we have to reel them back. Mm. And uh, but I'll tell you one thing that's really positive about this is we have a lot of kids who have grown up in the local church. And the dynamic that we find is in their first year of college, they have a prodigal son or daughter period. Mm -hmm. They walk away from the faith, they're tired of the institutionalized church, and they do anything and everything that they please. But then they end up, because of friends in the dorms or classmates they meet in class, they end up coming into these Bible studies that don't look like or feel like church, and they end up staying and they actually ended up committing themselves. Hmm. So going back to an earlier question we talked about partnership, this is where I've seen the parachurch function in helping students who've gone away from the church eventually go back to the church through the means of the parachurch. Hmm. And we have seen this, again, for 30-plus years. It has been a joy, and surprisingly, many of these students who were pretty Hagan, their first year in college, a number of them are pastors now, and we praise the Lord for that.
1: Join us next week for part two of the Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary: Teach Truth,
0: Love Well.
1: This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast.